It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Sam and Sage hanging out on a Wednesday, Locked On Vikings, Locked On Podcast Network. Listen via iTunes, Audio Boom, or ColdOmaha.com. We have many partners across the web. We appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe as well. Get these podcasts straight to your inbox. Just about ready to turn the page on Green Bay and start moving ahead to Carolina. As the 2-0 Vikings face the 1-1 Panthers on Sunday, but a quick backtrack to the Green Bay Packers game from Sunday. We don't want to we don't want to put this glorious game to bed quite yet. Sage Rosenfels with us. Sage, you have a an incredible perspective on NFL football. And you know, I imagine you see the game differently than than us mere mortals when you're sitting in your seat. There's probably stuff going on that to our naked eye we can't detect. Uh, what are some takeaways that you had after digesting that game and from an X's and O's standpoint, what stood out to you as we uh, look back on Sunday night? Well, as I, as I went back to the game, the very first third down the Green Bay Packers had in that uh, that football game, Aaron Rodgers audibled, which is not unusual, but he audibled to sort of a half sprint out. And you really just don't see that in the NFL very often, the sort of sprint out action, whether you see it some in high school, you see it a little bit maybe in college, but uh, just the traditional, just straight sprint, not not a bootleg action. And the reason he did that is because the Vikings do so much from a blitz perspective that can that can be confusing for an offensive line. They do that double A gap pressure. Uh, Harrison Smith is a lot of times at the end of the line of scrimmage. Sometimes he stays there. Sometimes he leaves. Sometimes he's playing man to man the tight end. Sometimes he's blitzing. Um, they do enough of that stuff that the Packers. Very early in the ballgame, and they did it two or three times. They, they audible to this same sort of play about three or four times in the game. Is they move the pocket, uh, and when coordinators do that, they're basically saying, "We don't know what you guys are going to do," and rather than us trying to guess and figure out what protection and what path pattern is the perfect one for for that blitz that we're, that, that we're, you guys are showing us, we're just going to move the pocket. And uh, and sort of gap protect everything, and you know hope the furthest guy that's coming, uh, you know from the backside, say won't get there before Aaron releases the ball. And that was something I found really interesting in that game because uh, McCarthy and and I would say Aaron Rodgers have seen everything in their time together, uh, but they understand that you know the Vikings pass rush and the Vikings blitz, uh, just the guys up front, uh, that the four man pass rush is so good one of the strengths of this team that they tried something new and to move the pocket, uh, which you just don't see very often in the NFL. You, you mentioned audibles. We were asking Sam Bradford and Mike Zimmer after the game, how much Bradford was audibling. And it didn't sound like he was doing a whole lot of it in the progression of learning a playbook. 
I got to imagine that audibles are sort of the last thing on your mind because you're just learning, you know, the the base plays and then checking into new ones seems like an added step. Uh, when does that come along in the progression of a new quarterback? It's sort of down the line. You are correct. It's really all about the base plays and, and, and executing those first. And then uh, usually you have sort of a Mark Trestman uh, was my quarterback coach way back in 2004. He used to call it a toolbox. It's nice to have a toolbox of plays. Uh, say you, you, you call a run versus, you know, cover two, but you're getting single high safety with an extra guy in the box. Well, what are some good single high safety plays that are sort of, uh, you can formation them and, and do all types of things, but at the end of the day, they're just uh, good single high concepts. And it's nice to have, you know, say four or five of those. It's good to have four or five good man-to-man audible plays, uh, but you have to, you know, sort of be a master of all the all the just basic plays in general before you can start figuring out which ones are the best ones to audible to and, and when, when, when you should audible to them. And Norv's never been a big audible guy anyway. Uh, usually the guys that audible the most are the ones that have been the offense for the longest. I got to think Teddy Bridgewater would be audibly more this year than last year. Uh, and I think next year he will, would audible more than this year. But uh, in your first couple weeks on the job, uh, you try to control the game as much as possible and take that responsibility out of the quarterback's hands. Sage Rosenfels and Sam Ekstrom on Locked On Vikings, at Sage Rosenfels18 on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Reaction to Adrian Peterson's torn meniscus. We have yet to get it from you. Well, it's not good, obviously, uh, but uh, it's better than the ACL or the PCL or some of the other uh, ligaments and, and tendons in someone's knee. It's one that you can play on fairly quickly. Uh, hopefully, uh, I'm hoping, even though obviously it'd be great to have him you know, play this week, uh, but be, I think it'd be smart to have him sit out a couple weeks, um, you know, two to three weeks here until uh, after the bye week, I think would be a smart move. And get him back. And, you know, in the NFL, the running back is very important. But uh, as we've seen with a lot of other teams, you can get by in football games and win football games without the running back. And uh, I think Asiata and, and uh, McKinnon have done a pretty solid job. They did a nice job two years ago in, in replacing AP when he was out uh, with suspension. So uh, I think uh, my guess is they're going to sit him uh, because no one really cares about all the games and in September and early October, people really more care about the games in you know November, December, and January. So uh, I, I would hate to see see him go out there now uh, and have a sort of a loose knee because of that MCL tear, and then you know tear something else possibly. Yeah, it's a different situation than with Teddy Bridgewater going down because at that point the drop off to Sean Hill I think was fairly drastic. Whereas from Peterson to McKinnon, you still have a very adequate back, and it's not like you lose the strength either because you have Matt Asiata sitting there on the bench who can come in in short yardage situations. So the from an elite running back to an everyday running back, it, the difference really is, is that Peterson is, has the ability to break some longer runs once he gets to that second level, whereas who knows, maybe Asiata wouldn't be able to because he doesn't have the speed or McKinnon doesn't have the strength to break the tackles. Peterson's a, a little bit different, but I think on a, on a play-by-play basis, I think if the holes are there, these running backs are going to be able to hit them, and we won't see all that much of a drop-off. Plus, McKinnon's able to catch the ball a little bit better. Well, yeah, and, and you know the Vikings are 2-0, are, uh, and, oh, and AP's got 50 yards rushing on 30 yeah. carries. Um, so... Sometimes it sort of show the value of the running back isn't what it used to be, and 
Uh, of course, so great to have AP back. But, uh, you know, Asiata showed some things in that football game, and McKinnon's done some good things. And North Turner might have a different game plan a little bit and not rely on the, the run so much. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe they'll help, you know, they'll, they'll put the game a little bit more in Sam Bradford's hands and, and count him to – uh, control the game a little bit more. I could see Norv doing a little empty. A lot of times veteran quarterbacks like empty, the empty formation with no running back in the backfield. Uh, whether there's no running back in the game at all or or he's just sort of split out wide as a slot receiver, it really cleans up the picture for a quarterback, for a veteran quarterback. There's only so many things a defensive coordinator can do in that situation when you spread everybody out. Uh, and that might be a way for Sam Bradford and the offense to get some easy completions and some easy first downs. You sort of answer the Ask the Sage question already from John B. via Twitter. He asks, will losing AP actually open up the offense instead of feeling obligated to go through him? Now, the Vikings have had an inordinate number of first down runs in the Norv Turner era with Adrian in the backfield. Obviously, he's very demanding. He likes to get his 20 to 25 carries. I I do wonder how it's going to shake out because now that they've got – I think more of a pass catching back in McKinnon. Maybe they try some new things and they go to the air more on first down and and really put it in Bradford's hands. Yeah, it's a possibility, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised with that at all. I wouldn't expect them to you know air it out as far as you know. All of a sudden, you're throwing the ball deep down the field. I still think you know on first down you want to get a completion. You want you know you'd like to have second five or second three a positive play on first down. So I, th- I, I can see North Turner doing a lot of you know three-step drops, quick five-step drops, getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands, don't take a sack. You know, the longer quarterback holds the ball, the bigger chance of a sack, a sack fumble, and also a holding penalty by the offensive line who has struggled this year. So uh, if they do throw the ball more, I see them throwing more three-step drops. Hashtag Ask the Sage if you want to query Sage Rosenfels on uh, his NFL career or anything about the Vikings, whatever you want. Hashtag Ask the Sage. Also, make sure to check out Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson, Locked On Fantasy with Vinny Iyer, and this week especially, check out Locked On Panthers with Steve Reed. We hope to have him on the show soon. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash so we move ahead to Carolina. Cam Newton awaits, and Mike Zimmer was game planning for him all day yesterday, and he'll put it into implementation mode today as the Vikings practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Cam Newton is a one-of-a-kind quarterback, and he sort of morphed into, I think, his his best self last year with the arm strength and the size, the intelligence, the competitiveness. He's he's really transformed into something remarkable. You know, if he has a doppelganger in the league, it's, it's tough to find him. Maybe prime Big Ben, he's about the same size. But Newton is a load. He's a load to stop, and he does a lot of incredible things that the Vikings are going to need to bust out their bag of defensive tricks to stop. Yeah, and, and, and you know, people look at him as that he can run the football, which he definitely can do, uh, but generally he's not running for, you know, 70, 80 yards a game. So my guess is that Zimmer's going to, 
stick to his game plan. He'll probably have some sort of plan with the interior defensive lineman about rushing the quarterback and pushing the pocket, but not uh, creating space for him to run, you know, straight up the field. If he's going to run, you want him to run around the defensive ends or run a little bit wider. And, uh, but my guess is he's, he's going to stick with what he normally does, which is a lot of man to man coverage. Uh, it's what gave Carolina, uh, issues last year was man-to-man coverage. I mean, the Broncos, that's majority of what they played in that defense in the Super Bowl. So my guess is he's going to stick with that game plan and say, if Cam Newton hurts us with his legs and runs for 50 or 60 yards, uh, we'll have to just deal with that. We'd rather have him beat it with his legs than with, the, than with his arms because he, he's a very good thrower. He's a very accurate thrower. He's got a very strong arm. Calvin Benjamin is, is back. And really better than ever. Uh, Cam really missed him last year. Even you know, it's amazing being the MVP, but being without your number one wide receiver is you know shows how good Cam is. And so, uh, yeah, you know, Simmer's got to have some sort of playing together. My guess is that they probably uh, show a lot more looks this week and blitz a lot more. Cam does some audibling, but not a ton. And my guess is they'll try to confuse him as much as possible. Carolina scored 46 against, albeit San Francisco, despite four turnovers, and they had 529 yards. That's insane offensive efficiency. I'm not sure they had a punt in that game. I mean, they they took care of business, especially in the second half there against the 49ers. That offense doesn't even have all that many playmakers. I mean, obviously Benjamin has been a huge impact in his third year coming off injury, but aside from that, uh, nice tight end in Greg Olson, shifty Ted Ginn, but he dropped a lot of balls last year. And I think Jonathan Stewart's hurt. So it's just a, a team that I think is schematically well-coached with a good offensive system. Well, they have a good offensive system, but they also play very good defense. And, you know, the, the better defense you play, uh, the more the offense is on the field. And I think that was the case a lot in that San Francisco game where uh, the defense really shut down San Francisco's offense and a lot of three and outs, which meant Carolina's on the field for the majority of the football game. And so, yeah, they're a good all-around team. Dave Gettleman's their general manager. He was the sort of assistant general manager when I was with the New York Giants and, you know, very well respected, been in the league for a long time, and he's put together one heck of a football team. Uh, They are a big, powerful team, strong team, a team that when they get off the bus, uh, you sort of can't miss of how impressive, uh, you know, looking that they are as far as size and strength and those types of things. And so it's a good all-around team. They do all three phases very, very well. Offense, defense, and special teams are very well coached. And uh, they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFC this year. Any interactions with Ron Rivera in your career? Other than I grew up watching a lot of Chicago Bears over there in eastern Iowa. That was sort of the main main uh, game that was usually on week to week back when we had four channels at my house and so I remember watching him at the Bears but that's about it never had any overlap with Ron I want to play a game with you it's called the panic level game scale of one to ten one being no concern all is good all is right with the world ten being you are running around in circles you're yanking your hair out uh, your face is beat red and you're sweating profusely panic level Charles Johnson's relatively slow start to the season uh two I'm not really all concerned about that the Vikings are two and oh and when you're two and oh uh people not catching enough balls is usually not a problem you know so obviously Stefan Diggs is getting a lot of attention 
offensively they're getting him the ball a lot. He gets open a lot, and and the Vikings are two and zero, so not a concern. Yeah, and kind of on that in that same vein, it seems like not only has Adam Thielen stepped up to the number three guy to replace Jarius Wright, he's almost stepped up to the number two guy and replaced Charles Johnson. I mean, Thielen, I think he caught four balls against Tennessee, then four balls against Green Bay. He has been steady through two games and justifying the increased reps. The Vikings knew what they were doing by elevating Adam Thielen. That's all I have to say. Well, sometimes quarterbacks are just more comfortable with certain wide receivers for whatever reason, you know, based off of just sort of feel or the way the wide receiver sort of separates or that uh, sort of target radius of you know where where they can they throw the ball to and and you know right off the I think the very first third down in that football game, uh, Sam Bradford hit Thielen on the sideline there in a sort of a pivot comeback route, and uh, I was like you know sometimes you just get you hit him again not not too long after that, so it seems like to me. Uh, Sam Bradford's very comfortable with Thielen right away. Not so sure about Charles Johnson yet. Panic level on Sharif Floyd's perpetual injury issues. Uh, I'm going to say like a six, maybe almost even a seven. He does seem to get injured a lot. And as what the, I, I like to quote on Twitter what the great Bud Grant used to say, your best ability is your availability. And if you're not available, I don't care how talented you are. He's a talented player. Uh, he's good against the run. He's got some athletic ability to, to rush the passer. But if he's not on the field, he's really no use to the team. And he has to find a way uh, to be on the field more often than he is. We talked to Floyd on Monday. He was saying that it's still just this lingering issue that he's had basically the whole offseason that he just can't shake. And he he tried to play in week one, and it, it didn't it didn't work. He re-aggravated it. And Mike Zimmer has said in the past, too, that he, he can't stand it when guys try to play through something and then they hurt the team because they get in there and suddenly they can't go. So Mike Zimmer would rather, I think, see Floyd get back to full strength. We might not see him, I think, for a couple more weeks. Panic level. And you, this probably falls into the same category as Charles Johnson for you, but the rookie Laquan Treadwell's lack of involvement. Well, I think it's actually higher than Charles Johnson. I mean, I'm not even really seeing him on the field uh, in these first couple of games. Is he is he even dressing? I'm not even. He, he is dressing. He didn't get reps against Tennessee. He got a couple reps against Green Bay. Didn't get any targets. Well, the reason I'm concerned is because at the wide receiver position, that's the quickest uh, uh, position you can really learn in the NFL and come out and play right away. It's one of the reasons so many. Wide receivers have been drafted in the first round the last couple of years. We've all seen a ton of rookie wide receivers have a lot of success early on in the NFL. So the fact that he's barely even getting on the field is the concern. If he wasn't having much production, but he was on the field a lot, I would not be concerned. If he had two or three catches but was playing 20 or 30 snaps a game, I, I would have no concern. Uh, but the fact that he's not even getting out on the field, and as a rookie, the receiver position's not too hard to learn, uh, I have, con- I do have some concerns there. I'll bring this full circle and give you one more panic level prompt. Your panic level on whether Adrian Peterson can be productive at any point this season. Well, my my concern there. I'm gonna give you, I'll give you a number um, five. My number there's five, six, somewhere in the middle. Um, I'm not concerned about his knee so much. I think that'll come back and he'll get healthy. I'm hoping, and we sort of talked about this, that he sits the next two weeks and then got by a week to have a third week off. And I think coming back from that, he'll be 100% healthy or 95% healthy. But 
you know, health was not an issue in the first two games, yet he ran for, you know, 50 yards on 30 carries. And so my concern with him has less to do with his injury and more to do with the Vikings offensive line and, and him finding the right holes and, and having some positive yardage. That's the panic level game. Sage gets out of there alive. And uh, we'll be back with him on Friday on Locked on Vikings. Hopefully we get Steve Reed on Thursday, talk a little Carolina Panthers football. But practice today, practice on Thursday, practice on Friday. Lots of updates coming. Certainly today we'll get a more accurate injury report after a couple guys got banged up in Sunday's game. We'll see who's active and who's not at Winter Park. Sage, good show. Thanks. All right. Sounds good. He's Sage. I'm Sam. This is Locked on Vikings on the Locked on Podcast Network. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners, this is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Locked On Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Locked On Wild to your device every day.